church. Good morning, church. It's great to be here this morning. It is an honor and privilege. I'll pray. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Why don't we turn our Bibles to John chapter 21, verses 15. On our Bible apps or our Bibles. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him, Simon John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that he had asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to him to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. As we are in our series, The Instructions of Jesus, I just want to give us the recap of what has happened after Jesus died on the cross to lead us to where we are today. First, Jesus died, then Jesus resurrected, then Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, and Dan brought a word on that. And then after that, Jesus appeared to his disciples and breathes on them and says, receive my spirit. Pastor Jim Shaw touched on that. And last week, Jesus appears to Thomas and says, touch my hands. And Dan brought a word on that. So what is happening now? If we can flick our Bibles back up the top to verse 3. This is not on the screen. So all the disciples are all hanging out. Simon Peter, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, James and John. They're all hanging out and being friends with one another. Verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out on the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Verse 4. At dawn... Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples could not recognize who he was. Verse 5, he called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. 
And then, as I'm studying this, I'm scratching my head. I only thought, until about a month ago, that Jesus did a miracle with the fish once. But reading this, he's done it twice. And then it came to me that when a God has done a miracle in your life once before in the past, he will do it again when you're least expecting it. Can I get an amen? amen. Verse 7, I love this. John called out, it is the Lord. Some things are going to happen in our lives where we just know that it is God. We're going to be out on the shores and we're going to look out and we're going to see someone and we're just going to know that it is Jesus that has orchestrated the situation, orchestrated the miracle, orchestrated the favor, orchestrated the blessing, orchestrated the financial breakthrough, orchestrated the healing. There will be moments in our life where we will go, it was God. Amen. So then after that, they caught the fish and they're all hanging out on the beach and they have breakfast together. And then this brings us back to our one-on-one with Simon Peter and Jesus. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. This message today is called, Love God Follow God, because we first need to love God. After a love for God, we will then follow God. Point one for this morning, church, is love God. And the reason I have made this point one, and you may be thinking, why is love God point one, is because it's not a very intelligent point. We all would say that we love God genuinely. But the thing is, church, this morning, I'm not asking us to just love God. I'm asking us to love God with a complete devotion and a complete desire to see His will done in our lives. Verse 15 again. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. I put myself in Peter's shoes here. I put myself in my my own shoes and I go, if my father said to me, Joseph, do you love me? I would think it's the most ridiculous, silly absurd question that a father could ask his son. And I'm sure the fathers that are sitting in this room today would also think to not even ask their son, do you, do you love me? Because it is just such an obvious thing. A father loves a son and a son will love his father because the father is there to protect, to provide, to care. But I think Jesus wanted to challenge Peter in this because Peter, before this, had done some bad things. He denied God. So he's probably feeling a bit down, probably feeling a bit uneasy, probably feeling a bit upset. But I think God asked him this question, do you love me? So that Peter could go deep into his heart 
and truly confess and admit that he loves God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength so that he could go into his heart and confess that he loves the Lord above anything else, no matter what he did in the past, because today is a new day. And Jesus knew the plans that he had for Peter. Love is action. The interesting thing is, is that loving God is so obvious. We all know we need to love God. But the truth is that love is actually action. Us as Christians and believers, we need to conduct ourselves and behave like we love God. Two months ago, I was at work, and there's a man I've been meaning to talk to for many months because when I see him, he, he seems, he comes across to me as really sad, really miserable, like, like Eeyore of Winnie the Pooh. He was always down, just, how's your day? Mm. What do you got planned for the weekend? Mm. Do you have any plans? Mm. Just very sad and upsetting, and my heart felt for him, and I knew I had to talk to him. But I was a bit scared, so it took me a while to build up the courage. But one day, I pushed out the trolley to him, and I helped him load his car, and I said, excuse me, it's probably going to sound weird, but I just want you to know that there's always hope in Jesus. And he became a different person as soon as I said that. He goes, oh, you like, you, you believe in Jesus and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. I used to believe in Jesus too. And I'm like, whoa, this is like a different man as soon as I start talking about Jesus. Where's this going? And he says to me, I don't believe in Jesus because the people that believe in Jesus don't live like they believe in Jesus. And it hit me. I was like, goodness, could you please tell me what happened? And he told me a story where a guy crashed into him and he was filing the paper to get the insurance things done. And this man that crashed into him he was not wanting to follow through and said, trust me, I'm a Christian. I will, I will honor what you're asking me to do. Trust me, I'm a Christian. I wouldn't do this. So this man that I'm talking to is telling me after this accident that happened that this man claiming he's a Christian, trust me, trust me, I'm a Christian. And then the following day when he went to his house to sort out the insurance, the Christian man said to him, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about and just forgot the whole situation happened. So the man with no hope, Mr. Eeyore, at work, doesn't believe in Jesus anymore because of his encounters with Christians. And then I was brought to this verse in the Bible that really woke me up three years ago, and I was brought back to it today. Can we please put it on the screen? Titus 1.16, such people claim they know God, but then they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. That is a really hard verse. Because we can, at the end of the day, say that we love God, that we want to live for God. But if our actions don't add up, if our love doesn't add up, then where is the purpose of it? You know, for me personally, I was definitely a only loving Jesus on Sunday Christian. I was found myself in a place where I would be out and doing bad things with my friends and being cheeky and swearing a lot and listening to bad music and getting up to nonsense. And I would only behave like a citizen when I was with the other citizens. 
in the house. But God isn't calling us to live a life like this. God is calling us to love Him and let our love inside of us overflow. So I've written out some self-reflection questions for us to, to see if we truly, what I believe we truly need to have in our lives if we are living like God is number one. So you may take a photo of this, you may think about it, and let's put it up on the screen. So, do I have God first in my life? Self-reflection. Do we read the Word every day? Do we worship Him every day? Do we share the Word of or bless people in the world on a regular basis? Do we trust God with our finances and tithe? Do we seek His will in all we do? Do we submit to authority? Do we fast? And do we have a totally devoted heart to serve? This is what I feel for me is, is a good reflection and indication to check up and go, hey, am I really in my life at the moment now? Loving God is number one, putting Him first in my life, making Him above all else. And then this brings me to the types of love. And this is what I started with, that devotion love. Because the way I love my friends and my family and people in the world at McDonald's or wherever is honestly different to the way that I love God. I wouldn't say to the cashier at McDonald's, I love you so much. I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. Take my life. It is yours. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's bananas. You wouldn't do that. And I also wouldn't say that to my mother and father. I wouldn't say, my whole life is yours. Take my life. Take it in your hands. Take my heart. I am yours forever. Use me as you must. I wouldn't do that to my mom and my dad. To my friends. I love my friends. I would die for most of my friends. <laughs> but I wouldn't devote my life to them. I wouldn't say to them, you know what, I would be put on a cross so that you could be set. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't devote myself to them. I wouldn't devote my heart to them. I wouldn't think of them every single second of my life and just be sitting in the car and go, oh, yes. I just love Nelokshan. He's just been so, so good to me. He's setting me up for life. I wouldn't do that. Sorry, Nelokshan. I wouldn't do that. So we can see that there are different types of love. That's like a, I love people as brothers. Like, you're my brother. I love you. I got your back. If you need anything, I'm here for you. But the type of love that we need to show to Jesus is that devotional love, that complete, devout, sacrificial, I give everything to you love. The love where you get up in the morning and you just think about Jesus and you go, God, you have been so good to me. I praise you. I worship you, Lord. Set me up for my day. Bless me, Father. Give me words to bless other people. I will choose to live my life completely and utterly to you and for you. Amen. 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 So first of all, God is calling us by name. And then he's asking us, do you love me? Do we love him? And then next, 
God is asking us to feed the sheep. Point number two, feed the sheep. Verse 17, and a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So what are sheep in this context? Well, according to John chapter 10, verses 14, if God is the shepherd, then people are his sheep. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd will organize the sheep. A shepherd will bring the sheep together to get them to a destination. Over New Year's, I went to the Arnold's farm. That's Michelle's maiden name's family. It was really cool. Stood up on the hill. Michelle's dad had this whistle when we went, do-do-do-do-do, and then the dogs ran, and they would go left and right, and do-do-do, and they would herd the sheep. And I was like, wow. Mr. Arnold's like the shepherd right now, and he's really doing a good job at directing these sheep, and, and the sheep that are a bit lame, the dogs will come up and kind of give them a nip on the back to get them back into line. And so the shepherd's purpose is to gather the sheep and get them to a destination so that they can be fed and nurtured and cared for, and maybe they need a bit of a sharing at a time as well, and if it's unlucky, it might get the... <laughs> but... And saying that, because God is the good shepherd, we are his sheep. So what, is, what does that say about us as sheep? I feel, number one, where we are positioned is extremely important as a sheep. Because some of us, in our days, as we journey on life, we need nourishment, we need feeding, and... In that, where we position ourselves is extremely important. If the grass is over there, but I don't want the grass, and positioning myself over here, bad things can happen to me, like a wolf might get me, right? Or I might become thirsty and die of starvation and thirst. And in that, I had to ask Michelle this question. I said, if sheep, I said to her, I said, if I have little pellets and try to feed a sheep that isn't hungry, will it eat it? Because you know some animals, like at Butterfly Creek, you just give them the food and they'll just keep eating. They won't stop. But I asked her this with sheep so that I could relate it to us. And the thing is, she said, if a sheep isn't hungry, it's not going to eat. So to be fed, we need to have a prerequisite of being hungry. Amen? To be fed, we need to have a prerequisite of hunger. Jesus is calling us to feed his sheep. But we cannot feed sheep that are not hungry. I'm not a father, but I know what it's like feeding babies that are not hungry. Who knows what that's like? They refuse. They put their head every direction away from the food. But the thing is, is that the food you give the baby is good. And when you feed it, it's going to grow into the man that it's called to be because of what it's been fed. Like Trey definitely ate his broccoli when he was a little kid. That's why he's six foot six. We have a choice. 
us as a church, we have a choice whether to eat from what has been given to us or to reject it. The other thing I found really interesting, this is number two, is what is my sheep? The thing is, is my sheep are not my sheep. My sheep is God's sheep. So if God speaks to me and says, feed my lambs, I will be being disobedient if I don't. I was very convicted and challenged by this because I can't choose my sheep. We can't choose our sheep. There was a situation that popped up and I was thinking, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go out and use my time and, and, and in this case, feed the sheep. Because what's the point? There's hundreds of other people that can feed the sheep. But no, God is calling us and is calling me in the situation to feed the sheep regardless. So we are to be obedient. Amen? The next one is what are we feeding the sheep? Are we feeding our sisters and brothers good food or bad food? Are we bringing them life or death? Are we encouraging them or discouraging them? Because what God has given to us, we can give to other people. Church, I want to encourage us that in this season we're in, we need to be receiving from God so that we can feed the sheep around us. So that when a brother's in the back and he's limping a little bit, what we have been fed, we can bless him with that to encourage him and to put the bandage on him and to say, come on, you got this. You're going to make it through. You're not in a dry season anymore in Jesus' name. Amen? But we can't feed sheep that are not hungry. We need to be giving to others what we have already received. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, encouragement. Amen? So let's recap. Number one is love God. Number two is feed the sheep. And the last one is follow me. John 21, 19. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Jesus is inviting us and calling us to follow him and to journey with him, regardless of anything we have done in the past. Today, is a new day. The Lord is calling us to follow Him no matter what. Who believes that? Amen. Last time I was on the stage, excuse me, I shared my story in Taiwan, how I did something really bad, and I bowed down to the statue, and it was really bad. It was, <laughs> it was not good. But there are some things that I have not shared. When I was 13, I stole $1,000 from my father and mother, really bad. And at the age of 14, I got my first taste for worldly sin after I had my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And for the next three to four years on and off, I, I dabbled in, I would call it the recycling Christian cycle, repent, sin, repeat, repent, sin, Repeat. And like Peter professed to Jesus, God, I will never deny you, no matter what. I would never, never, never. 
I also promised myself things I would never, never, never do. Like Peter, I fell. And I fell as well. Things that I promised to God that I would never do, I did at a young age. And I spiraled down. In my heart, I knew that Jesus was the true Messiah. I knew that he was the King of Kings and the Lord of all Lords. And I knew he had a great plan for my life. And the thing is, is that I became hungry for God and I called out to God and he reached his hand out to me and he fed me and he nourished me and he restored me and he healed me and he brought me from the ugly paddock into the beautiful paddock where there is freedom and joy. And as a church, if we don't believe that God will not change our circumstance, the funny thing is, is that he won't change our circumstance. If we don't believe that God is gonna set the captives free, in our field, we are not gonna see the captives set free. But if we wanna believe today that following God is gonna lead us to amazing places, that following God is gonna lead us to a place where no eyes have seen, nor ears have heard, nor mind have imagined, if we're gonna believe that following God is gonna see people healed and people's ears be opened and stand up after not walking for 10 years, we must believe that first. Following this, my life was turned around and I found myself in a place of really loving Jesus and this zeal was birthed within me because I've had that zeal in the past before in the recycling stage. It would just keep recycling. But I decided, no, I don't wanna be a recycling Christian anymore and I wanna truly follow God no matter the cost. And I wanna share something that I've only shared with two people. This random guy at McDonald's I caught up with about three weeks ago and Pastor Cara. And basically what happened was in December 2021, I was at work and the devil started tempting me. Because when we, when we say no to sin for a while, the devil will always try to creep back in again. So there was an addiction that I was dealing with at the time that I had stopped and said no more to it. I said no way. But in that moment, I was really tempted, really tempted. And I remember this whole event crystal clear. I was in the Holden, Colorado, 2019, at the T-junction. Basically, if I turned right, I would have said yes to the temptation. And if I turned left, God was gonna speak to me. And because I'm dealing with all of this and becoming on fire for God again and truly trying to live my life for Jesus, I said, okay, I'm not gonna go back to my vomit. I'm not going to do what I used to do. I'm not gonna turn right. And in that moment when I turned left, I said, okay, God, thank you so much. And I, I said this. I said, close my eyes, one eye, because I was driving. <laughs> and I said, God, what do you wanna say to me today? And in that moment, this is the only time that has happened, 
But I believe I heard the audible voice of God. It was like a little ear pod next to my ear. And it said this, keep following me and you have no idea what I have in store for you. Immediately, I did the Joseph breakdown. I was bawling all over the place. There was tears on the steering wheel, tears on my shirt, tears, too much tears to even count. And following that, I blasted the worship music. I said, amen. And I'm worshiping God, worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. And suddenly I received this vision. The vision was just a glimpse, like a millisecond. But it was enough to give me a hope and a future for what God has in store for me. I saw myself in a church getting married to Courtney. And I went, wow, but it's not about that. The point is that when Jesus speaks to you, that when Jesus gives you something, it's for hope so that you can hold on to it, so that you can continue to follow him, so that you continue to seek him. The prophetic words that you have received, they are not lies. It will come to pass. The visions that you may have had in the past, it will come to pass because Jesus is faithful. Jesus is faithful to his word. I couldn't believe what I saw. I literally had a meltdown for 40 minutes after hearing the voice and seeing the picture. I've never had anything like that happen, into my, happen in my life. And I believe God is inviting us today. I believe God first wants us to love him. And then God wants us to feed his sheep, to be a blessing to other people. And thirdly, God wants us to follow him. Follow him not just a little bit, but follow him wholeheartedly. Following Jesus looks like this. I've got my wallet. Okay? Wallets are very important. It's got our driver's license in it, and it's got all our money in it because everything in 2023 is all digitalized. Next, I've got my car keys. Car keys are very important because everybody has a car and everybody needs to drive places because the bus and the train stinks. <laughs> Can I please get the worship team up? The next thing I have is my phone. Phone is also very important too. We can't do anything without our phone these days. Can't call anybody, can't text anybody, can't do research, can't take photos. This thing is like amazing, right? It, it can do everything. I can see where people are. It's cool. I can go on Facebook and, and like my friend's photos and, and I can check my bank account on here and I can, I can buy cryptocurrency on this and I can create AI on this and talk to the computer and find out all these cool things and I can even read my Bible on this. I don't think there's many things that you can't do on this, on this phone. And I want to take us to verse 18. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. I want to say that one more time. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. Selfishness. 
you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, surrender, and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. A selfish desire in our hearts needs to turn and be converted into a surrender because at the end of the day, God's plans are 10,000 billion times better than the plans that I have for my life because He is my Father. He is my King. He is my heavenly Creator. His plans for our lives are way better than anything we could ever imagine. And I brought out my phone, my wallet, and my keys to ask us, what is stopping us from living our full life in Christ? Our possessions. I brought the phone out because there are many addictive things that we can do on here, and it's all hidden and kept just between me, me, and me. I brought out my wallet because this is money and money is very important but it's not more important than Jesus nothing is more important than God I believe that God is calling us to come to a place where it says Joseph I want this I say God you can have it Holy Spirit calling out saying Joseph, come on, it's time to focus on me. Don't worry about anything. Oh, really? Okay. No, God, not this. Not my hidden addiction I was dealing with for six years time. I give it all to Jesus. I lay everything down. I'll give up everything to see His everything happen in my life. Because to live is Christ and die is gain. Amen. Church, we need to love God. We need to follow God. We need to trust God. We need to obey God. We need to seek God. We need to pray to God. We need to worship God. We need to lift our voices. We need to shout and say, Lord, you are king. You are good. I know that the perfect plans you have in my life, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Even though I fell seven times, even though I repeated my sin a thousand times, I'm going to get back up again and I'm going to start walking in the plans that you have for me. Church, love God and follow God. That's all you need to do in life, honestly. All we need to do is love God and follow God. The rest will happen from that. Who cares about my wallet, my phone, my keys? Nothing matters, only Jesus matters. Only Jesus matters. Only Jesus matters. The cool thing about Peter, he was discouraged. He literally did like the scariest thing. The Bible says, deny me before man and I will deny you before many. That's really freaky. <laughs> That's really scary. Peter did that three times just as Jesus had prophesied really guilty, really shameful, really feeling down. Jesus spoke to him and prophesied over him and said, follow me. Peter took that and he didn't run away with it. He ran into it. And when Jesus ascended, him and the other disciples, they started really living their lives for God. 
And Peter was zealous for God. He never looked back again. And then he ended up being crucified upside down on a cross. And now I'm talking about him 2,000 years later, almost 2,000 years later. Come on, church. Love God and follow God. Seek His will and all you do. And He will show you which path to take. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As Shannon leads us into a time of worship, we're just gonna wait on God. We're just gonna wait on the Holy Spirit and we're just gonna worship Him and we're just gonna wait and see what happens. So I just invite you all to stand to your feet. Let's worship Jesus. Let's give Him the praise and Him the glory. Father, we just thank You that You are God, that You are King and that You are Lord. Lord, we just pray that You will set us on fire for You, Father. Lord, I pray that we will run with You, Lord, that we will journey with You, Father, that You will take us up on eagles' wings so that we may soar. Jesus, may Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.